This episode is supported by Enscape. Enscape is a leading real-time rendering and virtual reality tool for the global AEC market. It plugs directly into your modeling software, giving you an integrated design and visualization process. With Enscape, you can render in real time and walk stakeholders through your rendered model with incredible ease. Now buildings can be experienced long before they're built. And I have to add here that it's fun to use. Seriously, you cannot underestimate this. It's what makes this tool so amazing. This is something that most CAD and rendering programs can't claim. It democratizes your ability to create beautiful renderings at any time during the design process and use it as a tool to make valuable decisions during design. And as my friend Clifton Harness of TestFit says, it's one of the few well-established companies open to innovating in AEC. And you can see the outcome of this, where his company recently showed off how they were able to take advantage of the new Enscape SDK to incorporate the real-time renderer with TestFit. More than 200,000 unique monthly users from over 150 countries use Enscape to envision better designs. Don't be left out. To learn more or sign up for a free 14-day trial, visit enscape3d.com slash trxl today. That's enscape3d.com slash trxl. Welcome to the Troxel Podcast. My name's Evan Troxel. I've got something different for you in this episode. I've been having some thoughts about the state of the building industry and would like to run some ideas by you. It's all surrounding this observation that complexity is building upon complexity. I think you would agree that what we do in our industry now is nothing like it was before. Even in the last couple of years, things have certainly changed, even though our profession is historically slow at adopting new things. Our practices and deliverables rely on technology like never before. I think this is obvious, especially for the audience that listens to this show, and you probably don't underestimate this. Tech is inarguably the backbone of the industry, but as you probably know, I've said it on the show before, I do see tech as a means to an end, not to be glorified just because it's a shiny new thing. I prefer to frame this all under the framework of tools instead of technology. Tools are special because they give us leverage to do more than we can do without them. We are tool users, and it's important to understand that we can also be tool builders when we identify a need. We're never going back to the way things were, even though there is a lot of nostalgia for the old days and the old ways, and many times I see this trying not to move forward. Many firms and leaders still treat tools as an afterthought. Technology as a tool particularly is treated as such, and I don't believe it warrants the general attitude that I've seen over the last decade from many seasoned people in the industry. I would venture to say that the majority of architecture is currently practiced as a race to the bottom, continuing to whittle away at the way things have always been done. Surely you've seen and felt the pressure for lower fees, greater efficiency, more productivity, less risk, more CYA. As a profession, we're losing sight of the value we add to the world, rather looking for ways to be more competitive in this race, trying to find places to cut. Obviously, cuts need to happen, 
But this has been the main focus and application of computing and tech and apps. But it's very bean counterish, don't you think? It all seems very broken to me. Therefore, I believe we are at a moment, a tipping point of sorts, one either of opportunity or one that leads to obsolescence. Either it's a chance to set the foundation to be better off than ever, or it's a continuation into accelerating toward the bottom. Because if we truly are building upon complexity, it means that future complexity will be built upon this race to the bottom broken system. And that will be even more broken if we continue down this current path. Humor me for a moment with this exercise. Imagine the world in 500 years, or even simply our industry, 500 years out. Can you describe it? Can anyone? The curve of change is asymptotic, right? In other words, there is no way to explain or envision what is coming that far out. In that case, let's simplify. How about 50 years? Or five? Let's go somewhere between those two numbers. So fair warning, what I'm about to tell you will probably make you feel old. Here's a list of tech that you use pretty much every day and the number of years since they launched. Microsoft Windows, 36 years. (laughs) That's unbelievable, right? Amazon, 26 years. Google, 23 years. Netflix, 23 years. Facebook, 17. Gmail, 17. Twitter, 15 years. iPhone, 14 years. Uber, 12 years. iPad, 11 years. Instagram, also 11 years. Zoom, nine years. TikTok, the new kid on the block, four years. Do you feel old now? (laughs) I do. So complexity. This is not a bad word. Think of it this way. Our industry is moving toward an ever more integrated, connected state. Hell, our entire world is. Our clients and the planet demand it. And as a data point, Facebook has 2.91 billion monthly active users. And that's just one of their products. They've got several products. Let that sink in. If we don't take a moment to assess and fix some of the things that we can right now, we and our beloved profession will be forever lost, obsolete, because of this complexification that's happening. I know that's not a word, but you know what I mean. We live in the information age. Our businesses and careers are built on top of it and depend on it. So let's talk for a moment about information, communication, and time. Information is no longer bound to the speed of transfer or location as it was in the past, even though many practices still conduct their business as if they are constrained in this way. Just read the way many contracts and deliverables are still described. It's pretty insane. Today, information travels at the speed of light, or even the speed of thought, while for the most part, people and talent are bound to location and limited in the speed that they can move around. But communication isn't. Of course, I need to interject a little disclaimer here that the pandemic has brought us location independence. and It's just been a nascent development that hardly anyone saw coming even five years ago. So things, again, will never be the same. And then there's time. Time is moving faster than ever. And I don't just mean that Like, as I get older, time feels like it's moving faster. Here's what I do mean by that. There are more simultaneous events occurring at the same time than ever before, and that is only expanding. For example, 
an architectural drafter like when i was in junior high or high school like this is the main way people used to spend their days in an architectural office they would sit at the drafting board and they would just draw for hours you know they might take a phone call they might take a smoke break i don't know but let me repeat that they basically did one thing for hours now think about what you quote unquote do in any given hour calls texts emails googling notifications are going off on your wrist you've got headphones in your ears delivering a podcast like this one modeling in 3d you're syncing to central over bim 360 in the cloud while rendering in real time and this is all quote-unquote normal so there are so many things happening simultaneously and again back to my idea that time is moving faster than ever that's not going to change so what else is streaming into our little slice of the world right now The topics from episodes of this podcast are as good a place as any to reference. We've got apps and networks in the cloud. We've got IoT and sensors. We've got artificial intelligence and machine learning. We've got UI and UX. We've got big data and predictive analytics, blockchain and smart contracts, crypto, robotics, DFMA, reality capture and digital twins, automation, augmented and virtual reality, media and communication, BIM all eight levels of it, of course, computational design and configurators and everyone's favorite generative design. And even with all those buzzwords and hype, I have an optimistic footnote for those who are fearful of the robots and AI coming to take your job. You are so important in the expertise you bring to the table. You should not be fearful of these things or of becoming obsolete. That is, unless you choose to do nothing. So let's go back to where we started in this episode with the topic of complexity, because I think it bears a bit of repeating, especially with this list of buzzword context. I see signs daily of our profession as a whole deliberately trying not to move forward because of the nostalgia for quote unquote, the way things were. But let's say it out loud. We are never going back. No more lead holders. No more T-squares and mainlines. No more electric erasers. You get the idea. And you know what I mean. The fact of the matter is that, buzzwords aside, the building industry is moving toward an ever more connected, complex state. Complexity is building on complexity. It's disappointing for me to see willful ignorance, or to witness those who turn a blind eye, or even outright dismiss the complexity that runs throughout our profession and industry. Or worse, intentionally attempting to sink the emerging professionals and others in startups who are attempting to build a life raft of sorts. I see architects do it every day, wishing instead for what once was. For as I said many times on this podcast and my other podcast, Archispeak, and I know this doesn't just apply to architects, but there are two things that architects hate, the way things are and change. Many in our profession are stuck in the middle. I should probably insert something here about the more things change, the more they stay the same, but I digress. If we truly are building upon what we have now, that means that future complexity will be built on a broken system. So it will be even more broken if we continue on the current path. Okay, that's the second time I've said that. I'm not going to say it again. So what do we do about it? We decide that now is the time to address the challenge and take on the opportunity to deal with it. And we do just that. Speaking of the more things change, the more they stay the same, on April 23rd, 1910, Theodore Roosevelt gave what would become one of the most widely quoted speeches of his career called 
Citizenship in a Republic to the Sorbonne in Paris. This was after leaving office in 1909, to give you a sense of the timeline. And the speech would later become known as The Man in the Arena, and it's one of my favorites because it resonates and inspires even today, 111 years later. I'll put a link to it in the show notes for this episode. In his speech, Roosevelt railed against cynics who looked down on those who were trying to make the world a better place. He said, the poorest way to face life is to face it with a sneer and a cynical habit of thought and speech, a readiness to criticize work in which the critic himself never tries to perform, an intellectual aloofness which will not accept contact with life's realities. All those are marks, not of superiority, but of weakness. Then he delivered an inspirational and impassioned message that drew huge applause. And here's the most relevant piece of it, but the entire thing is worth reading. And I'm going to read it verbatim as written. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Are you inspired? I am inspired. Thank you, Ghost of Theodore Roosevelt. We must design the interventions necessary now that will set us up for future success. This is what I spend my time thinking about and have for the last handful of years. This is why I've shifted my focus from working in the business, in the profession, to working on the business, to working on the profession. This is damn near impossible if you are only worried about the project that's currently on the boards. We have to come up for air and survey the entire landscape to see if it's still a place we want to live in. And I'm definitely not happy with this environment, but I do see a lot of hope. And I see a lot of people who want to make it better. In fact, that is why this podcast exists, to bring the people and their passions to design a better future for our profession to the forefront and enable them to tell their stories and inform and inspire you. Will they all succeed? Will all of the spaghetti that's being thrown at the wall stick? Of course not. But we need to embrace the ones who are daring greatly, the ones in the arena. Recognize that as a profession, our backs are up against the proverbial wall. You don't have to look far to see it. And there is a way forward that we can choose to embark on together. My favorite thing about architects are their optimism and their ability to actually change the world in meaningful ways for the better. The future belongs to the few still willing to get their hands dirty. In closing, if you have a passion and are pursuing it, I encourage you to talk to as many others as you can to see how your piece fits into the puzzle. Work together, not in a silo. Share what you know and share it often. Use the latest information to make the best decisions that you can now. If better information comes along, use it immediately. Ditch the outdated stuff. That is leadership. 
Don't wait for someone to choose you to be part of this team. Choose yourself. We are the ones best suited to design our future. We must choose to work on the profession, and we must do it together. I want to end this with two quotes. First up is this one by W. Edwards Deming. It is not necessary to change. Survival is not mandatory. The second one, and we're going to leave this on a high note, is everything is born from change. And that was Marcus Aurelius. Thank you to Enscape for their support of this episode. Visit Enscape3D.com slash TRXL today for a free 14-day trial. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. You can see all the shows at GableMedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A dot com. You can help support what I'm doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out and, of course, share it with your friends. I'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at trxl.co slash podcast, where you can find every episode. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. Just search for E. Troxel. Talk to you soon.